Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Thank you for joining me tonight, Margaret. It is my pleasure. Thanks so much. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to pick your brain and really to get some insights from you tonight to share with the dancers. Yes, I'm Margaret Mullen. Very happy to be here. And I'm a Tucson native, grew up in Tucson, um, trained at the studio that I know, uh, that has a company that I know run, which is very fun to have come full circle with it. And I uh, actually was at uh, the School of Ballet Tucson until I was 18 years old. I mm. uh, was on a work scholarship to pay for classes starting, I think, at the age of 11. Um, couldn't afford ballet very easily, so did cleaning scholarship until I graduated from high school. Went to Pacific Northwest Ballet, and I spent a one year as a professional division student there, and then ended up joining the company and ended up never leaving. I uh, looked a couple times, uh, pursued options, but um, yeah, it, it, I ended up developing quite a life in Seattle. Um, ended up becoming a soloist with the company, but in addition, I met my husband very early on, who is a Seattle native himself. His whole family was there. Uh, made a lot of amazing friends in Seattle. So um, Seattle ended up speaking to me as a city more than I ever thought possible and was there for 15 years, actually. And so uh, pandemic hit. <laughs> I had actually already made the decision to depart from PNB at that point. Uh, really just wasn't aligning with me um, by that stage of my career. And so I actually was going to do your freelance work. And then with the shutdowns that happened, I really got concerned about uh, how Ballet Tucson would continue on. Uh, you know, all small arts organizations were particularly vulnerable during the COVID shutdown times. Uh, fundraising is always a challenge, but especially for smaller organizations. And, uh, you know, just love the company, always loved the company and wanted to see it continue on. And for me, I oddly enough, always wanted to be an artistic director. It was something I knew as a child why I do not know exactly, but I've always been fascinated by the business of ballet too, in addition to ballet as an art form, and had spent several years already trying to prepare myself to be someone that would be equipped to have that role on um, the CEO front, as well as the experience, uh, you know, that I carry with me as a dancer and the connections I had as a dancer. But um, one thing led to another, you know, we, thank goodness, emerged from the pandemic, had a great year, thanks, especially to our Young Patrons League, I ended up founding a small group, and they actually are still in existence now, they're our Bravo League, and this group of former students and former company members that really banded together to see the company through that shutdown time, and I ended up relocating back to Tucson last July, 
had one season, got back on stage, have amazing dancers that got back on stage and was named formally publicly artistic director in June of this past year. So that's, amazing. Uh, that's where I am now. <laughs> Thank you. That was really amazing. I love hearing that you have wanted to hold the position of artistic director since you could honestly remember. Uh, you know, I, I'll be honest, the the ballet, the business side of ballet was not something that really ever crossed my mind in the sense of, I guess I'm so focused on either the performance aspect or the health aspects of it, that there's this whole other field when it comes to business. I would love to hear a little bit more about maybe what your everyday is as an artistic director for the company. I will say, I think my everyday as an artistic director probably looks different from companies that maybe are bigger than ours as far as, uh, you know, we, we actually have quite a few dancers. We have 30 dancers. We're a decent sized company. Yeah. However, our actual administrative staff is quite small. So in an organization like Pacific Northwest Ballet, where I danced, um, they have a huge amount of infrastructure, a huge amount of staff. Uh, the roles and responsibilities are divvied out between many more people than we have. Um, but in a way, I kind of like it. It's, uh, it's always, every day I learn something new, every day I'm challenged. Um, there's always something to improve upon. There's always something to dive into. And um, it keeps me very mentally agile, which I appreciate. And really, I mean, every day runs the gamut. I, for today, for example, I started off my morning by attending a course at the Community Foundation for Southern Arizona that I've received a ton of mentorship through. Um, really trying to emphasize my my knowledge of fundraising. It was eight critical trends in fundraising was the presentation, and that is a part of my role is development work. Um, so always trying to stay up on best practices. So started my day with that. Um, I came into the studio, was popping in and out, out of rehearsals. We're in the middle of our choreographer showcase, so seeing what the company dancers are working on right now as they choreograph on each other. I also had our season, uh, or actually our fall playbill go to print today. That is, we had our deadline today. So I was also spending the day proofing the final drafts of that, um, making adjustments, making changes, both on the graphic design front and also the copywriting front. I do most of our copywriting. Um, I also do the social media. I'm a little behind today. So after this, Ballet Tucson will have a post <laughs> for, for the day. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, and also deciding on, we have some newspaper ads that we're going to be investing in, deciding on what investments we're making in that end. So I'm really ping-ponging around a lot um, between marketing and development and operations. Um, you know, additionally, we were having conversations around crewing for the productions, which lighting designer we're having in, getting in touch with the person that's responsible for, um, you know, the particular theater that we're going into soon and making sure that he has the proper amount of hours available to us for load in and load out, all that kind of stuff. So it's a, every day is an adventure. Um, and yeah. it's never, it's never easy, but it's uh, always worth it. So I enjoy it. Yeah, I could definitely relate, you know, being a business owner now um, and just having my practice, you're definitely wearing many hats in regards to admin, social media, the back-end work, the finances, <laughs> the actual in-studio work. So I can 100% relate to that. Now, you know, one thing I'm, I do a lot of work with um, Dance Media, Dance Teacher Magazine, and one thing I'm always doing is educating, educating, uh, educating specifically 
about fostering environments that support sustainable careers for dancers. So I really would love to hear your take on this and, and your role as an artistic director in making sure that your environment over at Ballet Toussaint is really fostering that sustainability of a career. I say that even more than just the word a healthy environment. I really love to focus on sustainability for dancers. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, that's a huge reason why I took the role that I did, um, is trying to be a part of the positive change that is starting to happen in the dance world. I hope that, you know, we can be a leader, not in the way of necessarily getting like a huge amount of attention for it, but just in, in knowing that we're doing the work here, um, having confidence in that. And uh, for me, I've just, I've seen so many unhappy dancers everywhere. And yeah. it just, it's very, very sad to me because it's such a, it's such a beautiful art form and it's such a finite career to have. And I know that I, you know, can't make every single dancer in this company perfectly happy. However, um, I do feel like I owe it to them to provide an atmosphere that is full of kindness and respect and, um, you know, really leads with empathy. And I think that's our, that's, those are our core values, kindness, empathy, respect. Um, both ways, you know, and I'm, I'm very clear with the dancers that this is uh, for for everyone. This is from us to them, it's them to us, it's everyone we interact with, it's every vendor, it's every contractor, it's um, you should not cross paths with a single human in the course of your work day that you do not show um, absolute love and appreciation to because we're all in this together. And I think on your end, you know, thinking about wellness and um, just positivity, um, I really strive to create an atmosphere where no one ever need, feels the need to be perfect. <laughs> I think perfect is such a dangerous word and we are so attached to this ideal and it's, it's so subjective. Uh, and I just want everyone to focus on um, good work, hard work, dedication, passion, and that it's a safe space to try and fail. Um, and that it's a safe space to also um, feel vulnerable and human. You know, I, we had a dancer um, last week, it was our very first week back in the studio and a couple days in, one of our dancers had a slight injury um, and really nothing, you know, nothing major, got checked out right away. And I just remember going into the studio, I, you know, heard it happened, you know, was told by my rehearsal director, Brick Middlecoff, and um, went to see her and she was kind of getting ready for rehearsal. And I said, uh, should you be dancing right now? And she said, well, I think it's okay. I said, okay. But I mean, like really honestly, do you think you should, <laughs> <laughs> or should you maybe just watch today and see Allie, our physical therapist, and then let us know how you're doing after, and then we'll talk about whatever's next. And she's like, yeah, I probably should just be watching. She's like, okay, so you just watched today, that's fine. And the next day, you know, she couldn't do either and just, you know, was watching company class. If she was getting ready to take company class again, I said, should you be taking class or should you be watching? And she said, I should probably, you know, what, you know, what did they, what did the doctor actually say? Um, and just having that be okay. And I, and I, I told her, you know, I would, the company had already started taking class. And at one point I just went over to her and said, you know, just remember that how much you still have ahead and nutcrackers just around the corner. That's such a big thing that we, you know, need everyone for maybe you rest now and work toward that. Um, 
just trying to, I don't know, become a little more um, grounded in reality around dance. Yeah, I don't mean to cut you off. First of all, your dancers are incredibly lucky to have you. Just incredibly lucky to have you fostering this type of environment because one thing that so many dancers struggle with is the um, wanting to strive for perfection. The idea that dancers should be superhuman when in reality, all that's leading them to is potentially burnout, potentially an injury or a recurring or a chronic injury, right? Because even with those acute injuries, it's like if you don't take care of it at that moment, if you don't give it the rest at that moment, could potentially most often just turn into one of those recurring chronic ones. It's like you said, you've got Nutcracker in the near future. Um, it's obviously, you know, that's not going to exactly what I mentioned earlier, promote sustainability of a dancer. And I get this with nutrition too, from a lot of dancers that are like, because my approach to nutrition is it's a non-diet approach. I'm a certified counselor of intuitive eating where it's really um, identifying through self-discovery, the foods that work for you, the honoring your hunger cues, your fullness cues, your satisfaction cues, and not following or falling victim, I should say, to a lot of these wellness trends that end up being restrictive and a lot of dancers will be like uh but dancers need to eat quote unquote clean or need to eat super healthy or can't eat xyz can only eat abc and i'm like you know but those restrictive habits we know we know the science now that those restrictive habits are not only going to burn you out from a psychological standpoint but are also going to if you're restricting if you're not eating enough really going to impede upon your ability to physically perform and even honestly mentally perform in the future. So I think it's incredibly uh, inspiring, honestly, to hear the environment that you're fostering over there. And I'm hoping that it can really inspire other companies to do the same with their dancers. Because at the end of the day, if you're not promoting a sustainable career, then what are you really going to have in the future, right? You're just going to have constant turnover, which isn't going to be super helpful. And maybe you can speak a little bit to that. No, absolutely. And I, I think so much is, I, I actually, I wish I could remember where I read it, but very recently, I think even a couple of days ago, the days kind of worked together, but um, I remember reading something, there was a, a study about the effect of stress and actually guilt on your ability to heal and recover. And I think that is so prevalent in dancers. And it's definitely something I think really hindered me as a dancer. Um, I, you know, got injured quite a lot in my career. And a lot of it was because I was doing really extreme things all the time. And I was a uh, very um, dynamic, you know, as far as like jumps and all, you know, they're the really like, heavy impact kind of thing that not not every dancer can do. And when you, you know, when people discover you can do it, you do it all the time. Um, <laughs> so it was just you know, beating my body up really badly and I would get injured sometimes. And I think I probably could have bounced back quicker quite a few times if I hadn't felt the the weight of judgment <laughs> upon yeah. me. And then just the panic about when am I when am I gonna be back and just the perception and oh I'm you know, now I'm the person that's always injured and just it, it's so easy to spiral into that. And I just wish I would have had freedom um to I don't know, I guess look at the situation for really what it was and just focus on healing and getting back every I feel like, you know, more often than not dancers are eager enough on their own to get back without the pressure of people at the front of the room. And that, and that's to do well, generally speaking, too. And I think that's a big part of my approach. Uh, honestly, as a coach too, is really just trying to empower each dancer to to realize who they are in a positive way. Um, because we're not, you know, we're all unique, we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, and that doesn't have to be a bad thing. 
Um, who, who am I actually as a dancer? What's the best line for me? What's the best decision with this choreography for me? And trying to help dancers find their way through that without, um, you know, it's like the, the third person in the room, you know, <laughs> the coach, you, and, you know, the, the person on your shoulder that's uh, talking to you in a really unhealthy way. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a big part of how I, I don't know, just view every situation I'm in in this, this place is, um, yeah, just uh, trying to not add the extra pressure unless, you know, I absolutely have to, you know, I, I always, I, I tell the dancers too, and this is of each other as well, that um, I strive for us to be an organization that always, uh, where every person always assumes the best in each other, that yeah. we start there. And that if you're taught otherwise from someone many times, then you know, but to start with the bar being here as far as our expectations, um, you know, how we're treating each other. And I, I think that is, again, part of my approach with them, even around injuries is, um, you know, and, until you teach me otherwise, I'm going to assume that you're, you know, this is really hard for you to be injured and you're really sad. Um, <laughs> and she would rather be, and, you know, and how you are in rehearsal, if you fell out of that turn, I'm sure you weren't thrilled that you fell out of that turn. I don't need to be, you know, the person telling you that that was not a great thing to happen. You probably already know and you're probably already taking it to heart almost more than I could ever put it on you to take it to heart. So um, that's, yeah. So I... there's a lot of parallels in what you're saying. And, you know, as you're speaking, I'm these little boxes are being checked in my head in regard to like the nutrition end of things. So I'm just going to kind of go through the list. The first thing is, is that we have very similar in the health and nutrition world in regard to within the research, what we see is that the negative implications of weight cycling. So this is like dancers who might be partaking in extreme behaviors or dieting type of behaviors, right? And um, maybe maybe either losing weight very quickly, gaining weight very quickly, whatever it might be that that cycle imposes more negative implications than the potential quote unquote unhealthy food that they are actually trying to avoid and restrict. So I think that's very similar to what you're saying about stress be um, having a, a negative impact on a dancer in of itself. And for many dancers, stress does lie in their relationship with food, believe it or not. Um, so it's so important that we are, of course, cultivating these dancers to build healthy relationships with food, in my opinion, as mo most important before even talking about the facts of nutrition. Um, and then the other thing, reducing the competition that could lie in the studio. Uh, because I think that there is a certain degree of competition that dancers have within them that they need to, when they get to the level of perhaps being in a professional company, they don't need any more competition. It's like, it's already in them. They don't need somebody to, uh, drive it or make it worse, right? They need someone to say like, hey, we need to start working as a team. We need to start assuming the best out of all of the dancers in the room because we need to work together. That's a huge missing link I find in this shift from when you're like dance student versus professional dancer. It's um, the realization that the dancers you're working with are your teammates, mm -hmm. uh, that they're not your competitors. And I think that's a, a really important aspect for young dancers to realize. Yeah. And it, you know, and it is hard. It is, um, 
you know, it's cultivated in certain environments. Um, I was explicitly told once that I was in direct competition with some other dancers. Um, and it was, as a self-conscious, uh, nervous dancer anyway, did no favors for me in my performance quality. And just, you know, no, I, I have a, a very deep-seated goal of not perpetuating trauma as a director. Um, yeah. And it's, there's a lot to unpack in this field, unfortunately. And, uh, and again, in spite of it being such a beautiful art form. And it's, I, I always <laughs> try to think of how, you know, how can I stress enough that there is nothing to be gained with for any dancer that enters this company in playing a comparison game. I am not, my associate artistic director is not. Every decision we make for a dancer is based on that dancer. It's, you know, if they are right for a part, if, you know, how they've been dancing, the things that they are good at, it is never, how, how does this person look in comparison to this person? Okay, these two people, let's put that one. It's, it's just, it's them. And I know that probably sounds a little, you know, uh, potentially hard to believe because I think, again, there are people, there are places that maybe that is actively, um, you know, very strongly demonstrated that it's it's different. So, and that's something I always try to remember too. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, heading into my first full year as an artistic director, and uh, even with these lofty goals of creating this positive environment, it's been on my mind that every single year, to an extent, I'm probably going to have to go through the cycle again depending on any new dancer that comes in, what they what they have experienced, what they are carrying with them and trying to, how, how to get someone to really believe that they're in a, in a safe space um, and that the work that they do will be how we make decisions about how they appear on stage. Um, and it's it's tricky because it, it is it it's it's one thing to tell it, oh you know don't don't do that but I I also know that that exists in in this world so um, but yeah I, I I do I can firmly say it does not exist here that's not I never make a decision about another dancer based on the dancer next to them it's just um, I think incredibly unfair so yeah yeah no that that is uh, really awesome and incredible to hear like I said so inspiring so inspiring for other dance studios, dance companies to definitely, you know, hear and see the work that you're doing. So my final question I ask is for everybody who's on my show is how would you define what it means to be the healthy dancer? It's a large lofty question, but I'm just would love to hear how you define it. I would say, um, and I just talked about this at length with a friend of mine that's in HR. Um, I would say perspective. Um, mm. She she actually was asking me, um, she's our HR consultant now for the ballet, which I'm really proud of. She's amazing, um, works for the University of Arizona. But she was asking me, you know, she kind of asked me to explain the challenges of the field and the kinds of things that people, I, I could perceive people bringing with them that could be triggering. And um, she asked me, well, okay, well, how did you weather those things? And I, that, that was my answer was perspective. And, yeah. you know, I had some moments that really felt very emotionally consuming during my career. Um, but generally speaking, I just found so much strength through my network and from having through having an outside life and people that just reminded me of the picture of the world was bigger than than ballet than what I was experiencing within ballet. Um, my relationship with my husband has been incredibly grounding for me. And uh, he, I'm really lucky that I, I found him so early in, in my life. He's been through everything I've been through as a professional and just, um, you know, no matter what, at the end of the day, I had, I had something 
outside that provided me with comfort and provided me with support and um and love and again just um you know uh, <laughs> shaking me into realizing that this thing that means so much to me again isn't the only thing in the world <laughs> so and that and i think to perspective on our own careers too like i again i really wish i would have in my own career felt um, more empowered to embrace an answer that I was specifically, because I think I always felt the pressure of, um, you need to be this. And if you're not, if you don't have this part, and if you're not this kind of dancer, you should kind of feel bad about it. You should want that. And maybe I just wasn't the right dancer for that role. And maybe that was okay, because I could still do all of these other things and work with, I, when I look back at my career now, I'm so grateful and I've worked with just, I mean, icons of the dance world um, and had incredible experiences from them and received incredible feedback and support and praise from these people that um, should always have been enough and I shouldn't have been made kind of I, I feel like I was kind of trained to um, you know the grass is always greener kind of thing um, and I just you know I, I don't quite know how to fix that in yeah. the dance world per se but I just I'm just aware of it I just wish I would have had a, a better perspective also just for my own career around um, not needing to feel less than because I didn't, I didn't check certain boxes um, because I had so many <laughs> fulfilling experiences. So um, perspective is my, my thing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was incredible and a very different response than what I usually hear. So I absolutely loved that really. Uh, and it's, can really be taken, you know, as I'm listening to you speak, I'm thinking about things that have actually just happened in like my recent personal life with like my, my son and his sports situation and not getting onto a team. And then long story short, we've, you know, we've come to realize that like these opportunities, these, I should say, experiences that can sometimes at the moment feel so limiting are actually major opportunities for us. And I know that it can sound so cliche, but if you really do come to terms with that reality that, um, you know, there's so many ways to say this, right? There's no failure, there's just progress. There are no mistakes, there's opportunities. But if you really do try to have these perspective shifts, you can flourish so much more in what you're doing, whether it's in the studio or whether it's just in life in general, because having such a limited uh, mindset where you're striving for one thing into that 200%, right? Dance, if the, I, I understand that dancers need to have motivation and, um, and all that great stuff. But if we are putting it at the forefront, if we're putting all of our eggs into one basket and not leaving room for other experience in life, like what I often educate dancers is, the role that food can play in their mental and emotional well-being, not just in their physical health, right? If we start to think about the role of food as a cultural aspect, as something that can be enjoyed, then we can now start to think about, oh, well, I actually can eat dessert and not feel guilty about it and do it every day. You know what I mean? So it's like that, that perspective shift that you're speaking of really can be applied to so many different aspects of a dancer's life. I couldn't agree with you more, Margaret. Thank you so much for that. No, absolutely. And, and, and truly to, you know, I'm at the end of the day, now that I'm in this seat in particular, I'm, I'm really grateful for the challenges because I, I carry them with me in the way that I, again, I, I acknowledge them and want to choose to do things differently. So I, I have a base. This is what I've seen. This is what I've experienced. This is what I know other people have experienced. And now I have the opportunity to make a different decision and do um, create a different environment, treat someone 
you know, one-to-one -one or a group uh, differently. So it's, and I, and that's a genuine goal of mine is I really hope to, um, you know, I, I can't spare everyone from everything, but I, I hope to spare my dancers from many of the experiences that I've had in many of the experiences I've seen um, friends and colleagues of mine have uh, really all over the world um, that I, I think just are um, a deterrent to a really happy, well-rounded, successful career, so. Yeah, absolutely. And so many parallels, again, just in a dancer's relationship with food and doing what I can to educate about not falling into disordered eating behaviors and things that I've experienced in my dance life. So I really, on a personal level, understand everything that you're doing. I cannot thank you enough for being such an incredible speaker in the dance world, truly. And thank you so much for joining me tonight. Your insight really was incredible and beautiful all at the same time. <laughs> thank you. Thank, no, thank you. And thank you for uh, creating a, a great platform for people to share things like this. I really appreciate being a part of it. So thank you. Of course.